Backpack Media, I'm Trevor Muir, and you are listening to Stories from School. This is a show where real people tell real stories from their school experiences. All of us, whether rich or poor, girl or boy, young or old, from the city or the country, all of us went to school in some way, shape, or form. It wasn't always fun. In fact, it was sometimes awful and boring and tedious and challenging and enlightening and scary and an adventure. It was school. We all did it. And if you're a teacher or a parent or a student, you're still doing it. And quite often, it can make for some really great stories. Stories that make us laugh and sometimes cry and reminisce with nostalgia. These stories have the power to move us. So we thought we'd make a show and every other week share stories from school. Sometimes from teachers to give you a behind-the-scenes look, but also from business people and moms and dads and grandpas and truck drivers and doctors and anyone else with a story to tell. Because this is such a shared experience, we can all relate. Kind of like the Breakfast Club, bad haircuts and all. Today's story is about something we can all relate to. Working very, very hard towards something. Pouring your blood, sweat, tears, and time into a project or goal that is meaningful to you. Only to have it end in failure. Nobody likes to fail. It means you tried something but did not succeed at it. It didn't go your way. And I think we're all wired to want success. But failing doesn't have to be a bad thing. J.K. Rowling failed to get Harry Potter picked up by a publisher 12 times before it was scooped up and went on to becoming a $15 billion brand. Bill Gates and Paul Allen started a company in the 70s called Trafodata that processed traffic counters into reports. This company didn't last very long, but the two guys used the software skills that they learned in this business to start another one, and I think we all know how that turned out. Today's storyteller shares about a 15-year journey that led to failing and what that failure has taught her. Let's dive into this story. I've been teaching, this will be my 43rd year, and I've been going to school a good part of that myself just because I, I love to learn. I feel like I'm always part of the learning community in my own classes. And so about 15 years ago, I decided that I was going to get another master's in English. And mostly because I I just loved literature and poetry and stories. And so I thought, well, getting my master's and maybe even my PhD would be sort of like the grand book club of all book clubs. So I just decided to do it. And I've just taken one class at a time. It's been great learning about all kinds of authors, talking with teachers. Um, And then I got into the Ph.D. program, and I thought it's just going to be an extension of that. And I really didn't have any grand ideas about working at the college level when I was finished. Everybody keeps asking, well, what are you going to do when you finish? And other than just having a hammock and an Oreo. I don't really think there's anything else in my future. So anyway, I'm really into it just for the process, just for learning. And so I felt like I could stay current because I knew a lot of teachers who were older who, 
you know, the kids would have them and they would, they would just be so out of touch with what was going on. And I didn't, I didn't want to be one of those people. So after many, many years, as I said, it's been about 15 now, um, I, it came time to stop the coursework and to start thinking about the final tests. One of the tests that I was going to have to take was going to be in Renaissance. One I decided to do Victorian and the other theory, literary theory. So I studied, I even took some time off of school, got ready for it, took the tests, um, passed all of them except for Renaissance, which surprised me since that was my main focus area and, supposed, and supposedly my specialty area. And so um, I'd been having trouble with the professors. I guess they just really didn't want to work with me all that much. Um, part of it was because I I'm a high school teacher, I'm working part-time, I don't have really any great designs to work at their, you know, their level, and I don't think they really considered me a scholar. So we had a big meeting and, you know, I convinced them that I wanted to try again because apparently you can take each test three times. So they agreed, okay, we'll, we'll go at it again, took another six months and decided to take it again. And I failed a second time. Now this time, they were pretty disgusted with me. Actually, the first time I took it and failed it, they didn't even contact me, and I had to find out the results myself. And the second time, they contacted me, but way after the deadline, and said that I had failed it. But not only did they say that I'd failed it, they decided to write me a letter um, that they sent, and, and all of them signed it, uh, the Renaissance team, that basically said, that the test was easy enough for any undergraduate to pass, that I really did not have what it took to be in any kind of graduate work, that my thinking was just elementary and I just couldn't write and couldn't think and didn't know and I just needed to drop out. So there was a big meeting. I sent the letter to the head of the department and they were pretty concerned about the letter, as was I. I was to put it, I don't know, frankly, I was devastated and I, I lost all sense of direction. I lost my confidence. I felt like I didn't even want to put a pen to paper anymore. I just felt like I didn't have what it took to do anything. So there was a big meeting and they decided that they weren't going to let me take it a third time, that instead they were going to um, kick me out of the university. And I, I just kept saying, but I have a four point. I don't understand. Like, how can you throw me out when I have all A's? Didn't you give me those A's? Like, I couldn't figure this out. So the head of the English department, I think he was really feeling my pain at the time. And he said, well, you know, maybe, maybe she could take a different test, something in the area of the theory and practice of teaching English. And so... I didn't even know what that was. As a matter of fact, I'd never even heard of it. And at the time, I thought maybe he made it up on the spot to save me from whatever this abyss was that I was sinking into really, really quickly. So I studied for about a year, took the test, passed it, no problem, and then um, had to take my orals, and I was really, really scared. Uh, about that. But the whole process during the time that I was going through this, I told my students 
um, back in my home school about it. And I said, well, I have something to tell you. And I told them about my experience and having failed it. And they were, I could see some of them were just like, they did have shocked looks on their faces. But when I told them what the letter said, they they really, they didn't say much of anything to me. They were just very quiet. And I could tell that they just felt really bad. And they didn't know what to say. They seemed to really have such great compassion and understanding. And I felt like they knew, a lot of them knew what I was talking about. They had been treated that way too. Maybe not down to the point of having a letter written or kicking them out of high school. But I really felt like they understood. And then they knew I was facing my orals. And one of my students, they knew how nervous I was. And she said, why don't you just pretend that we're the people on the board at the table and you're just talking to us like you just you tell stories you know books you know your stuff just just pretend that they're us so I thought oh my gosh this is great so it really helped me through but I think the one of the most important things I learned was just how important this experience was to me as far as um, my own compassion for my own students I was on, I got that letter when I was in Florida on spring vacation. And on the way home, I got an email from a student who said something like, I just want to let you know that I'm not ready. I know I have a big project due. It's coming up. It's like right afterwards. And I feel like a heel even asking you for an extension. And I was oh, I was still hurting from what happened. And I wrote her back. I'm sure she was shocked. This huge, like, dissertation almost about how, what a wonderful person she was and how much I respected her and how she should never be afraid to ask for more time and how much I cared about her and how much I couldn't wait to see her when I got back. And then she wrote me back and said, you have no idea what you have just done for me. I just feel so good. I am just so excited and thank you so much. You are just such a wonderful teacher. And I thought, my God, is that all it takes just to be a human being? <laughs> so that was like, yeah, I mean, it's like every day something like that comes up. So that experience, you just never forget. You just never The part of that story that really resonates with me is that her students knew exactly what she was talking about. Being defeated by the system, by people who don't realize the power that they have to inflict pain, seems to be a shared experience. Kids in school know exactly what this feels like. You probably know exactly what this feels like. But what I love about Sherry's story is that failure did not have the final word. Compassion did. And through her rejection, Sherry learned how to pass it on. And that is the stuff good stories are made of. I'm Trevor Muir, and this has been a Backpack Media production. Thank you so much, Sherry, for this story and the lesson that it teaches. Thanks also for teaching for the past 40 years. Good Lord. If you have a story from school you'd like to share on the show, please let us know. You can email a brief synopsis of your narrative to story at bkpk.media. You can also check out our website by visiting bkpk.media or subscribing to the show on SoundCloud or iTunes. Also, 
please take a second to let us know what you think of the show so far. We'd love to see your reviews and hear your opinions. We're also on Twitter at BKPKStories, and I'd love to connect with you myself at Trevor Muir. And when you look back at it and learn something from it, write it down and send it to me so we can record it for the show. Oh, and also, go share with your friends stories from when you were in school. They will probably be able to relate. Talk to you next week.